Hey, what's up? This is Mark Lopes from Metal Church and Ross the Boss Band. And you are listening, watching CMS TV. And all you people out there, keep it fucking metal. classic metal show. no it isn't the classic metal show on chris aker presents ah, whoops. <laughs> whoops wrong show <laughs> but with us joining us right now uh alcatraz has a brand new release it is uh, out on may the 19th and they are led by this guy just a phenomenal guitar player in his own right you may remember him from a reign of terror or now you know him from Alcatraz, and if you just look online, he's one of the virtuosos of the last 40 years. He is Mr. Joe Stump. Joe, how are you, man? Um, I'm good. I'm good. good. As I said, being Joe Stump's a, a pretty sweet deal, so I live a charm life. I can't complain. That's right, man. Well, well, dude, I, I mean, I, I, I love what you do, and I was a huge fan of the Reign of Terror stuff. I just, I just really love that stuff. But I'm glad to see that you've landed in a in a band type scenario. I mean, I it seems and, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but you've spent a good amount of your career kind of as yourself finding entities to play around you, where this is more of a true band environment, and you know, where where you're you're interacting with the band is is that a does that feel about right with your career and b are you comfortable being in a band scenario versus being the leader of the of the pack um well well i'm comfortable in both I, you know after the reign of terror i did um i was playing with holy hell like symphonic power metal band so you know i was more, you know we used to tour all the time with metal wars so um and um rhapsody of fire and stuff so that was one thing i was doing that was more of a band thing okay. and but um but and, but you know with alcatraz it's great and um but but still like i wrote the majority of the music you know for the band and stuff so it's really not much of a departure from anything else i've done <laughs> Right on, man. Well, dude, let's let's talk about the um let's talk about Alcatraz. This is uh since you joined the band, 
if you've done nothing else, I think you 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 kicked the other guys in the in the face and said, "Hey, gas pedal to the floor, man. We got to put out music." Third record in three years from you guys. I mean, you guys are really creating a lot of music. So why don't we start there with the creative output, man? It's been fast and furious from you guys. Um. Yeah. Well. Uh, well. When you know when we went, made the switch over to Doogie. Um, you know, he was anxious to do, um, do something new and, you know, the label was, was happy to have us, have us do a new record with him. And then they were, uh, originally, I think this record, they were going to release, um, Take No Prisoners, like, I I think later, but they, the record company liked it so much, they moved it up. So I guess that's not such a bad thing. Yeah, definitely is not. And it's, um, you know, as, a I don't know. Do do we call this a rebirth of Alcatraz? Because really, it, it, it in my mind, as a as an old as an old school guy, it kind of is the rebirth since you, Larry, and um, and Doogie came into the band. So you you know you guys are creating a whole new wealth of music. You know you've obviously created 30, 30 some songs since you three came together with um, with the other two guys. So is it? Does it feel to you like a fresh band and not uh, not a band that's carried by legacy? Um, well, I guess a little bit of both. You know, the uh, um, most people know Alcatraz because you know mainly because you know not to take anything from away from Graham, of course, but mainly because uh, you know first Ingve and then Steve. You know, the the guitar player has always the, the, been the one who's um, you know. Um, uh, dr- driven the musical direction of the band, so uh, so so it, it it does feel like like a brand new thing to a certain extent. Sure. Now, for for you personally, somebody that is an elite player, how does it feel to be in that category? I mean, that's that's rare air to be in the category of Ingve and and Vi. Well, I wouldn't necessarily. I mean, Steve and uh, Ingve are both legends. So you know, I'm not going to put my, myself in that category, but um, I'm, I'm proud to be um, carrying, you know, carrying the torch um, as and and, um, and taking the band into the, uh, you know, into the future. Right on, definitely. Now, now, Joe, uh, you know, the the new record, it, it just seems like it picks up right up where where five left off, where you know the last record left off. Was this a new writing session or were these all written at one time and just weren't, weren't released all at once as one big project? Um, no, that these were all like brand new tunes, um, brand, you know, brand, brand new tunes, um, on this record. And some of the stuff is, you know, similarities to, you know, to five. Um, but you know, there's also a bunch of stuff that's, uh, that's a, a bit departure just like uh the track you play the piece of the track you play don't get mad get even when i wrote mm-hmm. that you know i i, I wrote like the, the the music to that and doobie of course writes the lyrics and the melody lines the traditional singer guitar player kind of thing but um but me i was thinking along the lines of like a like a thin lizzie thing and that kind of thing so 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 it, it's kind of like you have the new record kind of walks the line between some of the stuff is metal and some of the stuff has got maybe even more of a hard rock kind of vibe. So, so, so it's a mixture. You know, I was going to say here in that track that Chris played, that lead was sick, Joe, that you played on. That was you playing on that? 
I was, ch I'm a huge um, Gary Moore fanatic. So I was kind of channel channeling so some of the, the late great Gary Moore as far as um, that was okay. my, usually when I'm playing a solo, it's it's not like I'm reinventing the wheel. I'm kind of channeling one of my, you know, one of my sure. heroes and that one was Gary Moore, you know? Right. I, I mean, there's a new single out called Battle Lines and that one, that one, I'm, that one for me, it's more of a Shanker thing, you know? That, right. So it's it's usually I got like one of my heroes in there as far as uh you know what what my um what my approach is. That's awesome. Right is that the guitar that you used when you recorded? No, no, no. This is just one of my. I'm 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 more comfortable speaking when I have a guitar in my lap. I guess so, right. So you know, it's not plugged in or any of that nonsense. It's not like I'm going to start to rip or anything. But it just, it just makes me a little bit more comfortable when I'm. Speaking. Sure. Tell us about the guitar, man. What are you holding there? Um, this is I have a hookup with the ESP company. So this is a model they made years ago called an ST, but it's all modded. You know, it's right. got a scallop neck and different pickups and all that. And 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 this is. But I have um I have many many guitars. You know, I got like sixty something guitars, and I'm a Strat dude, so a, a ton of Fenders and a ton of ESPs. So I played I played a mixture of guitars on the on the new record. Right on. Right. Let me let me ask you this, Joe. And I don't know if you know, but Eric is uh, Stephen Piercy's guitar player. So oh, you know, oh, okay. it's kind of guitar player to guitar player. And I'm I'm going to ask you to put your professor hat on for a second and and teach Eric a little something something here. What <laughs> is it when you step into into a project like an Alcatraz that does have history? How, how much time do you invest into capturing? what the previous guitar players were doing, even if it's just to play the old songs versus taking those old songs and making them your own. Um, well, myself, I knew like, I, 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 you know, I've been listening to Ingbe since the Steeler record since 80, you know, since that came out. So when, when no parole came out, I knew a bunch of those solos you know, I learned them when that record came out in 83. So I knew a lot of them, or, you know, I've known a bunch of them, many of them for years and years. And, you know, and those are some, uh, some of my favorite Ingbe solos, um, Queen of Glory and, um, and Too Drunk and um, Jet to Jet, of course. So, so I was familiar with all the, all the stuff. And then as far as like with the Alcatraz, and, and then I'll, I, I usually, and then, um, as far as uh, I'm not really comfortable playing the buy stuff. We played um, God Bless Video live for a little bit, but um, it's you know Steve's amazing and, and you know a legend and everything. But I, you know, my playing style is much more European, so it was you know it was no picnic for me doing that. But I, you know, I managed. Um, right. but, but, but as far as with Alcatraz, like since Doogie worked with Blackmore and Shanker, we do a few rainbow things off Stranger in us all. And we do, um, and we do, a, you know, maybe one, maybe two Shanker things. So, and I, 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 those guys are two of my heroes. So it's, it's very easy for me to channel all that kind of stuff, but, um, but bring my own vibe and aggression to it. Right. Is it, is it fun to channel all of the influences or is it more fun for you to step away from all of it and bring strictly what you have in your head and your fingers to new music? 
Um, well, I like doing both, you know, be, I, um, I love playing the Blackmore stuff, um, you know, the Rainbow stuff. I love playing the old Ingbay stuff, but I love playing all, all the new stuff and, of course, stuff that I composed that we put that we play live so 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 yeah i i mean i mean i mean ideally i love playing my own tunes better but but sure. but, I, but but it's not like i i don't thoroughly enjoy the um the old alcatraz stuff with igbe as well as the blackmore shaker stuff right on definitely my cat no, used to play in, a, in an alcatraz cover band it was called me alcatraz <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, let me let me ask you this, man. Um, Alcatraz has toured since the pandemic. I don't want to say over. I never want to say over anymore. But since it loosened up, I guess you guys have have played abroad, and um, it's obviously from everything that I read. Anyway, it's a very different world over there now as far as touring goes. It's way more expensive. It's way more difficult to just to get over there and to get gigs and there's not as many places to play. So, you know, as somebody that's done it, can you give us a little bit of a uh, little bit of background on how it's different now from, you know, 2019 back? Um, well, well, everything's, you know, quite a bit more, you know, a bit more expensive. Um, when you think about, and we were doing it, um, we were in Europe, uh, for like I think it was 17, 18 shows or something, and originally the tour was going to be done in a nightliner, um, but then you know all the tour bus prices shot way up, so we were just doing it, um, do, doing it in the Sprinter van and, and with hotels, and, oh. and which I don't, which I certainly don't mind. You know, I like sleeping in a bed as opposed to on the bus, and like you know bathing. <laughs> the basis i'm a big fan of that you know um, <laughs> you know like you know showering showering every day and everything so 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 that was cool but some of the distances were like a real grind so a lot of going to bed at four and waking up at 8 30 and a lot of that but but you know everything's quite a bit more expensive um hotels are a bit more expensive getting over to getting over to europe getting over the uk more expensive airfare wise and of course um as they say over in Europe, petrol, you know what I mean? Right. Or well, we mm -hmm. in the States, gas, gas is like sky, you know, expensive. So, right. so, 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 you know, you're breaking your balls and not coming home with nearly as much money as you used to. So, so that, that, that would be the, you know, but all the shows were pretty well attended and a good amount of people came out even the week, even during the weekday shows. So overall it was a fairly successful mission. Just wish it would have shook out a little bit more proper profitable on that end right do you do you think if this continues like it, it it doesn't look like there's any end to this in sight do you think if this continues that music touring music is going to become a little bit more of a regional thing again because i mean there's a lot of big name bands that are just not going to europe right now not going to england because of you know bands like Godsmack saying now we're not going to go we can't afford to go you know do you think it's going to end up almost regionalizing music again just because of the the enormous expense to get over there 
Um, you might have some of that, you know, and some of the bands where where they're used to making like X amount of, you know, bringing in X amount of cash on a tour and X amount of profit where it's just not worth it. You know, larger bands where it's not worth it. Like Godsmack, of course, those guys are massive, but it's not worth their time. You, right. You know? But um, but there's all. I, I mean, I I love it. So um, I, I I'm um, I'm always I'm always ready to, ready to go at any time. So, but but of course, I'm, I would imagine some of that's going to happen where 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 some American bands aren't going to um bite the bullet and, and and you know and take on the extra expense. Sure, and it's probably going to make new bands almost impossible to to break anywhere but their home country because it's just so so pricey to go outside of their home country. Um, yeah, no, I would agree with you there. I mean, I mean, if already established acts are, you know, are having a bit of a struggle on the financial end to, to, you know, to make touring worthwhile, I can't imagine for somebody that's a new artist, you know what I mean? It's going to be quite a bit more tough, quite a bit more difficult. Right on. You could use miles and stuff. You could rack up enough miles playing in the States. (laughs) Um, yeah, miles well, get over uh, to Europe. I, like I, I you know, yeah, because I fly Delta all the time. So I think yep. on one of, the, one of the tours, I bought my ticket with my, you know, with, uh, with miles. So I can't complain. You know? That's right, Joe. Am I lying? D- Delta is the best airline going for domestic. Uh, yeah, I, I, I fly Delta, you know, all the time, domestic, internationally. It, it, mm-hmm. You know, so 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 so, so it, 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 it's a nice, it's a good deal. I, I think last time I flew over to the UK in February for a tour, I brought three guitars on the plane. Nice. Nice. I was, uh, the only thing I was bummed out is, you know, the games they have on the back of the seat. They, they got rid of the word scramble game, my favorite word scramble <laughs> game. And they left tic-tac-toe, which is stupid. But, uh, no, I love I it. Only, I, I only watch movies. So, so, so I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> So on most flights, I'm just drinking and watching movies. There you go. That's the way to do it. Well, well, Joe, let's move back to the record here for a little bit. Um, Obviously, uh, Jimmy Waldo uh, is in the band as well as uh, produces the band. I I always am, am amazed when bands can do that. And I'll tell you why. It always seems weird to me to have a band member producing the music because you guys are all a little too close to it and having the producer also be in the band doesn't leave that objective outside ear to hear now that doesn't work or that's not going to work. So how does that work for you guys? And does Jimmy, you know, keep enough distance to actually be self-critical as well as critical of, of the parts that you guys are playing when you're putting the record together? Um, well, I, I mean, I've never had any kind of clashes with Jimmy as far as uh, as far as anything goes. Usually, when I when I have a track, when I I write a tune, I write like the whole tune's fairly the whole tune's complete. Meaning, yeah, meaning the, it's not like I just have a bunch of riffs. I have like right. the, the whole chorus, song structure is complete. This, you know. This is the riff. This is the verse. This is and all that, and I have like the solo section mapped out and what the music is and all that. So, um, you just so, deliver it. You're like, you're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just, I, just yeah, I pretty much have the whole uh, the whole thing, and so and so. I mean, 
I, I can see what you mean. Would it would be would it be great to have Andy Sneap do one of our records? Yeah, but you know, I don't think we're quite in that tax bracket. You know, uh, <laughs> right? So, so you have to remember, like, like some of that stuff kind of comes out of our necessity to a certain extent as well. As well, um, you know, consider considering um, even though we're on like a you know a, 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 an awesome record company, Silver Linings legit. They have they have tons. Of, you know, they have Saxon. They got Europe. They have you know they have a whole bunch of uh, like huge bands, you sure. know, bands, legendary bands and whatnot. But um, but but it's not like we have a massive a, a massive budget. So, but but it really doesn't. There really is not much of a clash. I think I think a lot of times and Giles Lavery works with Jimmy a lot. As it's really got to do with um, I think those guys have a a stronger a stronger hand in like um what Doogie ends up doing. Well, a lot a lot of times more with the other guys in the band as opposed to me. Because because I have all my stuff like laid out, you know, laid out already, and my, and most of the music is written by me. Right on. Well, well, dude, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about this one song on the record, "Little Rider." What a set of guitars on this! And I know that's all you. Talk a little bit about the the "Little Rider" song, man, because amazing. Uh, you, mean, uh, you mean "Little Viper"? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little Viper, yeah, Little Viper. I remember I wrote that tune. Um, I, I I write a lot of stuff when I'm I, I'm from New York, as you can hear by my accent, and I, I'm a you know, and I'm a massive I'm a massive New York Yankee fan, so I watch like every game. But a lot of times I'll I'll write a lot of riffs and a lot of stuff when I'm watching TV. So I wrote that entire track, you know, when I was when I was sitting there in front of the television, and um and it, it, I want it's almost got this. Uh, like if I had to describe it, it's like this fat. It's it's like a fast Europe, you know, it, it almost kind of like a fast European thing, but it's got a little bit of like a Megadeth kind of heaviness to it, but mm -hmm. but then you know much darker and much more European sounding. If I had to describe what the track, the, the way the track is, right on. It's a cool song, man. It's very cool. Um, well, Joe, I'm gonna. I'm going to go back for a little bit. This is really nothing to do with Alcatraz. Just, you know, I, I, as I was getting ready for the interview, I was doing my, my normal, you know, Googling. And I, and I, I'd always known that you were a professor and that you taught at Berkeley and, and, you know, I, I, I know those things and that's, you know, I mean, that says as much to your skill as it does to your willingness to teach the skill, which, you know, is far too few of, of you guys do that today. In my opinion, it seems like the only guys that do it are only doing it to make money, teaching it on Skype or whatever, instead of actually truly having a passion to bring forth the next wave of players. Now, that being said, though, as a guitar player, I don't imagine when you were in your teens and 20s, anybody could have sat you down and said, well, this is how you do it. Boom, 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 boom. So for you, is it weird to take the next generation of guys and find yourself grading them on technique and on style and on, you know, on the flair that they have, you know, almost molding their, their creativeness to what you see? Um, well, I mean, I have like, I'm the metal specialist over there and the shred specialist. And sure. now, now you have like, so, so 
all different kinds of metal players study with me. And now younger players, they, 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 uh, many of them have like a you know specific direction, whether it's somebody that's into the more modern genty stuff, somebody that's more into technical death metal, someone that's more of a classic metal player, somebody that likes old school thrash like the big four, you know, uh, you know, somebody that's more like more into like guitar virtuoso stuff. So it runs the full spectrum. So I just try to, uh, granted, there's a, at the college, there's a curriculum where like at the end of the, um, the, at the end of the term, you have to, you take a final exam on your instrument and you have to perform all these things, scales, arpeggios, chord voicings, you know, reading, performance, etc. So, so I have to make, sure everyone's cool with all that stuff but um it's just about me trying to um see and i granted i have my own area of expertise um and you know and do what i do i don't expect all my students to be you know to have the same exact direction as me obviously uh sure. like obviously the older i get and the younger they get that you know they, they some of them might not even know some of some of my who some of my heroes are you know Sure. Yeah, Richie Blackmore is the uh, as the old dude that wrote "Smoke on the Water" as opposed to the guy that really shaped the way at hard rock guitar, you know, is played. The the first guy to bring you know dark scales like harmonic and Hungarian minor and the Byzantine scale to hard rock and metal, you know. Uh, sure. But but um yeah, so it's just about a, a, me trying to help them find their own direction. But I've had like many students, many students that have went on to do well. Dave Davidson from Replication was one of my guys. Okay. Um, Rob Caggiano that played with Anthrax, that plays with right. Bowlby. You know, Rob, he was, um, Gus G used to, you know, not at Berkeley, but he used to come over, over my place. And, you know, I was kind of like his mentor, you know, from Firewind. Sure. Um, you know, so so I, I've been fortunate to work with a you know a ton of great great young players and stuff. So it's so it's always cool to try to help. So do you do you ever find students trying to sound like Joe Stump instead of trying to sound like themselves because well, they think it'll make their grades better? Well, everybody you know everybody has yeah everybody has uh you know players that players that they idolize and then you know that kind of start that, that's where you get started then you kind of find your own voice and your own niche and everything mm -hmm. so yeah i mean i i mean i i got guys that you know uh, they're asking me where i buy my jewelry where i buy my boots you know i have a couple of, i have i have a couple of old the Corvette. So, like one of my old students, he, you know, he graduated, whatever. He said, you know, he sent me a picture. He had just bought, he just bought like a '74 Corvette or whatever. You know what I mean? So, so, so you know, so I'm passing, I'm passing it all on, allegedly. You know, nice, <laughs> very nice, man. Well, Joe, obviously, you have the new album coming out. I'd imagine that you guys are going to promote it somehow. So, is are there touring plans? Are you? Do you have a uh, you know plans for the rest of the year to? get out there and play some shows or what are you planning? Um, I, I think in, um, in August, I think we got a, a few festival things over in Europe, but you know, not a ton. And then okay. in September, we're going to South America. Um, it, you know, so we're doing like, and it's a, a decent amount of dates for a South American tour. I want to say like maybe nine or 10. Okay. And then, um, and then we're they're talking about North America, you know, talking about doing some stuff in the States towards the end of the year and, um, and, and, you know, doing a bunch more stuff in the States ne early next year as well. So, so there are, there, there, there is some touring action in the pipes. 
Very good, man. Well, uh, Joe, obviously, man, you have the new record. Take No Prisoners out May 19th um, here in the States. And um, people should definitely buy it. Do not just stream it. It's okay to stream it, but it's only okay to stream it as long as you buy any physical product that is out there. Take care of the band. And Joe, where should we tell people to go to keep up with you and with Alcatraz and um, tour dates and all that stuff? Um, everything will be on the Alcatraz. The best source is like the Alcatraz Facebook page and my Facebook page. And, you know, there's an Alcatraz.com site as well. But but the Facebook page, they're always like loading up with tons of current content and stuff. So just about just about everything's on just about everything's on that. Okay, excellent. Well, one more time. The new album is called Take No Prisoners, May the 19th. It is Alcatraz. And Joe, I figured what we would do is we would wrap this up with the video that you guys just put out recently for Battle Lines. Since you mentioned it at the beginning, we'll play a little piece of that. And um, so to wrap it up, what can you tell us about this song? Um, Battle Lines. Um, uh, This is one I did not write. I added, you know, I contributed some music to it, but I believe... This one, um, Giles Lavery, who who was um, he's a singer in his own right, Alcatraz's manager. Giles and Jimmy wrote this track, and okay. and it kind of like a cla- you know classic metal track because that was um, that was what we wanted to do. It was the kind of thing where, of course, like out Al- people that like Shanker and like that like Rainbow and like Ingbe like stuff will like Alcatraz, but we wanted the band to cross over to you know, to a broader metal audience where people that like accept or like Saxon or like priest would also like Alcatraz. So, so this one's got more of that classic metal vibe and, and, and it's a, and it's a cool track. And, um, you know, Doogie really brought it on this one and, um, and, you know, just a strong, badass heavy tune all the way around. All right. Well, let's check it out right now. This is Alcatraz and this is battle lines right here on Chris Aker presents. Thanks, Joe.